Welcome back to the Encounter Radio Show with Bill Reeser on 99.1 FM WJMM, life-changing radio. So grateful that you tune in each and every morning. So grateful for your support as well, too. Well, if you tuned in yesterday, uh, you heard from Pastor Steve Pearson, the lead pastor at Church of the Savior at 1301 Brandon Road in Nicholasville, Kentucky, uh, where we have two services on Sunday, 9 and 11 o'clock, as well as a a ton of life-changing ministries for the entire family, as well as Encounter that meets on every Friday night with a free dinner at 5.30 and a service at 6.30. Hope you'll show up at Encounter. Hope you'll come to Encounter. Uh, If you're looking for a good church home, Sunday, again, 9 and 11 o'clock service. Uh, We're a great Bible-teaching, believing church that really loves God and loves people. And we're, we're... our, our goal as a church, we always talk about lives being transformed in the presence of God. We, we, we really believe that in an encounter with God, that if you can get in God's presence, it can really change everything. Uh, because where would we be without, without the power of God, the love of God, the presence of God, and everything that God offers us? And it's, it's just life-changing. Well, you heard yesterday uh, Steve, Pastor Steve Pearson share his personal testimony. We left it off that uh, he was at a church, and a lady came to speak for about four days, and he gave his life to Christ after the Holy Spirit was uh, just wooing him and chasing him down and answered important questions that he had in life. Well, let's just pick it up where we left off yesterday at that church event where, where that lady came to speak for uh, about four days, and you gave your life to Jesus. Well, what happened? Well, as I shared yesterday, I think people come to Christ in steps. Yeah. Paul talked about watering and planting, but somebody else harvesting, but it's all done by the Holy Spirit. Right before that lady spoke, and I prayed that prayer in that apple orchard, Lord, just reveal yourself to me, and you've got my life. And he heard that prayer, and... uh, short time later just weeks maybe i stumbled out of a bar as a drunk 18 year old in a college town and uh in the street were two street preachers bob jones university black suits white shirts close cropped hair and this was 1972 a lot of us had long hair bell bottoms woodstock all this kind of stuff vietnam was going on And I came out of this bar to go meet and drink and party with some other boys. And I saw these two guys in the street. And uh, there was a crowd around them. And one guy said, let's beat these guys up. I thought that was a great idea. I thought, man, I'm so angry at whatever my life has turned out to be. I'd love to throw a punch at somebody that was religious. But there was a short, stocky muscular blonde guy with a long braided ponytail right in front of me and he put his arms out and said no let's hear what they have to say and I stood there in a stupor for five to six maybe eight minutes and we talk about people having encounters I had one that night I didn't get saved that night but my heart flew open and I drove, I went away to my car, should not have been driving, but I said this, Brother Bill, I said, those guys have what I've been looking for all this time. And I took another three, four, five, eight or 10, 12 steps toward the Savior that night. And then maybe a month later is where 
I, I clinched a deal in this little Methodist church. What an amazing encounter, and uh, it and just a great story of how it is a process of God doing and using people, places, and things, and events in our lives uh, to bring us into a relationship, which is the goal. When we're born into this world, we're born to be a part of God's family. That's how much God loves us. But we have people have to take steps walking further with the Lord. You can't just stop. If you stop, you're dead in the water. And a baseball coach that witnessed to me uh, took about 10 of us young guys that gave their heart to Christ that summer to Dallas, Texas, to the very first Jesus Festival, Dallas uh, Explo 72 put on by Campus Crusade. And, and uh, out of those 10, three of us became pastors. The rest of the guys walked with Christ all these years. But that was a life-changing event. But that guy, Jerry Mobley, really was instrumental in my life over the next year and a half because, Bill, he became kind of a mentor to me. He, he taught high school English. He coached baseball, but he spoke to youth groups. Back then, there were Christian coffee houses. Uh, I just wanted what he had. He had a, at age 26, he had a deep walk with Christ, and I never had met anybody like that. And he had actually helped start Crew or Campus Crusade at Clemson as a freshman because he lost a scholarship due to, to an injury and uh, ended up there. But what a legacy starting a world-class ministry on a good-sized university. Uh, but Jerry, I noticed a lot of things about him. One, he was a man of prayer, and he taught me to pray. He was the first person I'd ever seen that could open the Bible and make it talk practically anywhere. And I was running a youth group at that time and starting to work with athletes myself. And I would bring Jerry along and he would share. He took me street witnessing and uh, he loved people. He could talk to educated people or street people. And the way I do stuff now comes from the imprint of Jerry Mobley's on my life. And so he gave me a heart for ministry. And after watching him for about a year and a half, I don't know how you got started in ministry, but I got started pretty quick. I started working with the youth group. I started telling people about Jesus. People would come to Christ and what are we going to do with them? We're going to teach them the scripture, teach them to pray. And, uh, my my ambition changed. Being governor of South Carolina didn't mean anything because I was a political science major at that time and my grandfather had been an undefeated politician in South Carolina. Uh, being on stage, doing drama, being wealthy, none of that, it all evaporated. And I started thinking, what could I do with my life that would last a thousand years or a thousand million years. And that that gave me my heart for Christ, for ministry. Did you always have a heart? Tell us how, because you said yesterday that 
in that prayer, if you do reveal yourself to me, I'll do whatever you want me to do. We never really, a lot of people never really set out, say, I'm going to be a pastor. I'm going to pastor church. I'm going to shepherd. I know when I got saved, for me, I just want to tell people about Jesus. I had no intention of ever working in a church. I didn't like pastors. I did not want to be one. Yeah. But I seemed to have a gift for leading people to Christ because I was passionate. I didn't know what I was doing. And I prayed for two years that the Lord would give me a gift for teaching the scriptures because I said, Lord, everybody I know, they're dry. They don't know anything because there's nobody around them to inspire them in the Word. And you do have a heart uh, for people to shepherd. What we're going to get into, if you stay with us on this radio show for the rest of the week, you're going to hear Pastor Steve's heart for other pastors as well. We're going to be talking about that. But just a pure shepherd's heart and to evangelize. Uh, you do something called evangelism explosion where you take people out and share the gospel. And a lot of that, again, is coming from the imprint. Uh, that my mentor had. From your mentor. Without him, I would have gone back into the world. I just would have. If you don't have somebody strong in front of you, it's hard to move forward. Because yeah. most of us, we're not sharp enough, strong enough, or smart enough to figure out how to walk with Jesus on our own. I've never met anybody. Bill, have you? Uh, no. And I know for me, it was men in my life that took the time to disciple me early on when I first got saved, which gave me a passion for ministry as well. And I knew that there was something more. And uh, I, I, I don't want to embarrass you on, on, on the radio show, but for your heart— I embarrass myself every day, so no big deal. <laughs> well, I—, I I, I somebody that you know has given you, I think, the best compliment you could ever give a pastor, and that's my wife. She go, she said to me the other day, she goes, Steve is the only person I know, Pastor Steve, that if the rapture happened, Steve would ask God to keep him here just so they can win some more souls for Jesus. <laughs> I'd probably do it. <laughs> I, I know. I'd probably do it. Well, she, and I would grab your pants and make you stay too, buddy. <laughs> and that, that's that's how important souls are uh, to the Lord. That's how important souls are to us. That's how important souls are to Pastor Steve. So God gave you a burden for, uh, for, for the lost, a heart for ministry. Uh, take us on a ministry journey for us. Well... You know, Bill's ministry that's touching hundreds of lives encounter. Uh, the encounter Bible study, the worship services, it's just changing lives because both of us believe that it takes an encounter with Jesus to, cha- to change you. Baptism won't do it. Church attendance won't do it. Listening to preaching won't do it unless the Holy Spirit shows up in the midst of it. That's right. So I have the Lord has set me up all these years. He keeps setting me up to go further with Jesus. One summer, uh, I had a cousin uh, in the State Department of Education in South Carolina. She was over something called uh, Future Homemakers of America. I was a member of FFA, that's for country boys, but Future Homemakers of America helped young girls in high school develop some skills that would help them. So she said, we've got this camp this summer at Myrtle Beach, and we need a lifeguard. You can swim. I trust you. Would you be a lifeguard? And uh, I prayed about it, decided to go. Uh 
I was the only male in that whole place, which is not always a healthy thing for a young man to be, but there were uh, single school teachers and high school girls every week for over the summer. But the Holy Spirit told me, only take your Bible. Don't listen to the radio, television. So I was a lifeguard throughout the week. I sought the face of God. I had three quiet times every day. A lot of girls received Christ, even though it was a state camp every week. But one night I had an encounter in the little cabin I stayed in. I felt like the Lord walked into the room because I'd been asking him for a year and a half almost to, Lord, I don't want, I don't want my dreams anymore. I want to I don't want to be wealthy, famous. I want to serve you. And uh, so one night I felt like the Lord walked into that cabin and asked me if I would serve him vocationally. But he 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 warned me. He said, I don't want an answer tonight. How do I know this? It was in my heart. It was like a download. I don't want you to answer me tonight. I want you to think about it because if you put your hand to the plow, if you go back to your old partying sinful ways, I'm not going to let you do it. So will you do it? And the next day I said, I'm in for the rest of my life. I will serve you in any capacity. That was a life-changing encounter. Well, that encounter is producing fruit still to this day. And uh, I'm so grateful for the call of God on your life. And if you're listening to the Encounter Radio Show, I know that God is trying to reach all of us. And there's a calling. It may not be a pastor's calling, but there is a calling and a job and a specific assignment from heaven just for you. Tune in tomorrow as we continue our interview with Steve Pearson on the Encounter Radio Show.